Boker Tov. We are doing Shilishi. This is Lilu Nishmat as Rav and Salah. Any other Lilu Nishmat? Shilomo ben Yehuda. And Rivka bat Yehuda. This is, we're doing Shilishi of Parashat Kitavo. So far we've discussed two mitzvot. Mm-hmm. The two mitzvot were? The closures. The closures, the closure, exactly. The closure. One was the mitzvot Bikurim, yes. and the other was Vidui Maaser. And those mitzvot are clearly, why are they brought together, by the way? Because they're both related also. Because they're both uh, Bikurim, the type of Tirumah. Yes. is given to the Kohen. Now I get stuff. Now, now it does get tough. No, not yet. I was sitting. Not yet. Uh, I, Before it gets tough, there is still a big smile. <laughs> right, right. That's true. No, no, no. In terms of in terms of getting tough, we're gonna that that's probably for the Sunday class, Besot Hashem, which you're all of course invited to attend. Thank Hashem. You, thank you for the, the the difficulty here is we're going to discuss now the covenant that they establish when they enter the land of Israel. So I'm going to give you a word of warning and a word of. Uh, I, I sat yesterday for about 45 minutes with, with uh, Moshe and Yatian, and we discussed the mitzvot that are part of this second covenant, of this covenant that they will be doing once they enter the, once land. They enter the land. It's very, we had a lot of trouble figuring out why these mitzvot were chosen. So that is going to be obviously something we'll probably discuss on Sunday. I'll open it up to ideas because I think collectively we may come, up to, come to something interesting, but it's difficult. Now, we have to understand what the second covenant is, what's going on with this covenant. And I, I, I hesitate to say second covenant because it sounds like a Christian thing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say the covenant that they do upon entering Israel. It's the same covenant. Yeah, the, the, just the new commitment. The new commitment. The new now, commitment. now, now good, good idea. The new commitment. So now, um, one thing to realize also is that one of the reasons we want a new commitment is going to be because we're talking to a new generation. That Am Israel that received the Torah... They all died because they received the Torah upon exiting Egypt and then they had 40 years in the desert, right? So the new commitment clearly, at least on a very superficial level, is going to be because we're we're talking to a new generation. And secondarily, the reason we want this new commitment is because the Torah was given in the desert and much of the Torah is going to be for us living in the land, meaning to, to enable us to live properly in the land of Israel. And a lot of the mitzvot are also completely related to the land, like agricultural mitzvot, where they don't even apply in the desert. So the second reason for the new commitment is because when we enter Israel, we want to recommit ourselves to the Torah that will help us survive in the land and the Torah that, that brings us into the land and things like that. So, so we have all these ideas that should be floating in your mind about what this new commitment is. But uh, again, there are going to be difficulties that I've yet to, you know, figure out. Okay. This is the end of Moshe's speech. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Moshe is speaking to, to the Jews people, to Jewish people, and he says, "This day Hashem has commanded you to do all of the laws and all of the mishpatim." By the way, we always say there is chukim and mishpatim. We always say the order is always chukim and mishpatim. Remember why we said that? Mm-hmm. Because a Jew. Mishpatim are the things that make sense. They're civil laws, right? So, but the chukim are the ones, the ones that are the spiritual, yes. law, the, the the ritual laws. So first, you do that. So, so you want to show that I don't only keep the Torah because it makes sense civilly. I keep the Torah because it's, it's God, God's command. So chukim come first, okay? So chukim and mishpatim. And you should uh, be careful and you should keep them with all of your heart and all of your soul. 
את אדוני האמרת היום להיות לך לאלוהים וללכת בגרחה ולשמור חוקיו ומצוותיו ומשפטיו ולשמוע בקולו. God, you have designated, chosen, there are a lot of different uh, possible interpretations to Ha'emarta, okay? You have designated God to be... What's going on? Okay. You have designated God to be your God, and to go in His path, and to keep His chukim, his, his mitzvot, and His mishpatim, and to listen to His voice. And also, God has chosen you to be for him a chosen nation. As he said to you, and to keep all of his nation. And to be and to be given on top of all the other nations that he made for praise, for good name, and for splendor. And for you to be a distinct nation for Hashem, your God, as He said. So yeah. Moshe is closing off the speech. What beautiful, beautiful. I've never heard the use of the words "am segula." Am Treasured. You said yeah. treasured. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so the what is what is like the real word of like uh, explaining referring to "am uh, Am Israel" as "am segula"? Oh, so splendor. Wow. Is this the use? In, maybe someone could look it up. Where else in the Torah do we see the word segula? It's a very interesting question. Is this the first way? I'm, I'm trying to rack I my brain. I think this is the first time. I don't remember seeing it. And, uh, yeah, segula. We it's never a, that would be a very, very interesting point. But so, so what's, this, what's the closing? What's the, and by the way, let's look at the next pasuk. And Moshe and the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, so, so how do we know that we just finished the speech right before? Because now he's... Together because with, all of a sudden the, the narrator yes, yes. is jumping in yes. and speaking in third person yes. about Moshe. So obviously Moshe is not speaking anymore. So the, the speech is done. So these are the last words of Moshe Benu. And, and what do they stress? They stress the idea, the fundamental idea about the Torah observance. That when you keep the mitzvot and you keep the mishpatim... Part of the goal, I mean, first of all, you've been chosen by God for this purpose. Yeah, and, and you have chosen God for this purpose. So it's a mutual covenant. And that's one of the ideas in the Torah that we accepted the Torah through our own, we chose God through our own free will. No, it's written once before. Where, where? Can you say the Pasuk? In uh, Exodus. It says, mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's like, It's the same thing. It's like, It's the same thing. It's the you just enter a word and it tells you everywhere it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's an amazing app <laughs> okay so Welcome first to the 21st century <laughs> you could also go to Ivan Haim or even better even better even better even faster so what is Moshe saying so let's let's uh, summarize but the reference is the same it's the same t- same use yeah yeah it's the same use because exactly. at the beginning yeah and right when you're coming at the beginning and at the, the end Right. Yeah. So now, let's summarize what Moshe Rabbeinu said here to close off the speech. If you keep these mitzvot, you have behold, chosen God as your God, and God has chosen you, and the goal of this covenant seems to be that you will now be on top of all the nations for glory and for thing and and for uh, and and for honor. So first of all, first point to understand is that this is a bilateral agreement, which means that Am Israel was not forced into anything. 
Am Yisrael chose God. They chose God as their God of, uh, as opposed to other gods. That's part of the idea of Har Sinai, that we chose God. Um, so, so that's very key, you know, because, because it's not like uh, nobody is forcing it upon us. And that means by giving us the ability to decline the agreement, it means that the covenant has, has full force. So we, have one, we have say in the covenant and Borei Olam say in the covenant. We're not the chosen people, we're the choosing people. We choose. Oh, uh-huh. I like that idea. Like that too, a lot. It's a nice idea. We are the ones who chose we to chose. live differently. We're the choosing people. We choose. Right. Voluntarily. Very good. Voluntarily, which is very. It's, vo- it's very important. Now, as a result of the covenant, again, as a result of this covenant with Borei Olam that we chose voluntarily, we are put ultitecha elion on top of the other nations, which means that the ultimate goal of the covenant is. Has to be the crown for us, yeah. But but is it for our own honor? No, no. for the honor of Hashem. It's for not. No, I mean, yes, but the, what's the goal of this whole thing? What's the goal of all this Torah that we're studying? What's the goal? Has to be an example. Ah, to the exactly. Nations, exactly. Amsegula means an example nation and an example an example to the rest of the nations that they are to learn from us. So what we do is we become a model nation for how a nation should actually operate. And then the rest of the world looks at us and sees, wow, look at these people. And then, and then they learn. and they, like, a then, trof- like a trophy nation. Like exactly. Like look upon to. This exactly. is one of my main explanations to myself, at least, That's why there's anti-Semitism throughout history. I, I yes. agree with you. Yes. There's because a very deep... Because we are just a model for the people. And they, they it's like, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? I personally think, by the way, that the story, and we'll study it in, in Parashat Bereshit in depth, but the story of Cain and Hevel, in my opinion, is the story of the earliest anti-Semitism. Because nobody, nobody likes having a light shined in their face or on their actions as to how poor they're behaving. Right? So we have two potential responses to somebody who's better than us. We can either become jealous and try to put them down, aka anti-Semitism, or we can see that they're good and try to learn from them. So the one thing we ask of the goyim is to not try to kill us for us being good. That's all we ask of the goyim. But it's very hard because deep down psychologically, the, the tendency, that's why Cain fails in the story. Because the story represents humanity. Cain and Hevel represents humanity. And what the story of Cain and Hevel is trying to show you is that nine times out of ten... When a person is shown that he's lacking, he's not going to choose to learn to be as good as the other person. Instead, he's going to try to put the other person down. And that's the story of the anti-Semitism. Where we're put in, dr- in drugs or in alcohol. We're, we're put in... Drink, don't, don't drink with me. You're not, you know, you're not cool. It's the same pressure. If you're not good, you know, if you're not part of us, you're not good. Get out. Maybe. They're pulling us. Marrying our daughters and trying oh, to... Oh, I see what you're saying. And, and it's full of I this. see what you're saying. And, and, and the Goim are incentivized to try to yes, corrupt yes, us. Yes, Because then they don't have to deal with the guilt yes. of us being... Yes, we get Megillat Esther. We see the same thing with Mordechai. He was telling him, don't go sit. What's the difference? It's kosher food. It's the, it was trying to be like... the Constantly, they want to try to break us, to, to, they want, to lower they want us, to lower, to lower us. us. To lower that's us. a brilliant idea. That's very deep. But that, that, that's why I love the stories at the beginning of Bereshit, because they talk... They're, all the stories at the beginning of Bereshit are pre-Am Israel, so they're all talking about humanity as a whole. It's all it's all much larger ideas. It's like larger than life ideas. So uh, next time you read Kain and Neville's story, look at it in terms of the the story of anti-Semitism, Jewish history. I think there's a lot of truth there. Okay, but yes, yes, this is this is we are put in the unfortunate position of having to be the group 
that makes everybody feel bad about We're themselves. We're the moral <laughs> compass. Right, exactly. And then, and then if Which the goyim... Which is a very, very difficult task to Right, you, you look at the world, difficult. and I, I, know, I know I say this a lot, but, and it gets annoying, but you look at the world, out of all the nations in the world, maybe United States of America has been the only one to actually appreciate this. Like, they, when they founded the country, they said, you know... We learned this many times. Yeah, exactly. We, we studied this a lot, because I think it's, it's very important for a Jew to recognize today the political implications of the Torah, that... The the founders they looked at the Torah and they said, "Wait, this is this is a good system. This is uh, these are good values. Why would we why would we shun them, right?" And then they built a country off those values. And and maybe by the way, why is America the greatest friend to Israel? So the the interesting thing yeah. is that whenever you when somebody is better than you, and then you hate them and try to put them down, okay, like that's ninety nine percent of the time what's going to happen. But if the person is better than you and you learn from it and then you make yourself better, then all of a sudden you don't have hatred for that person anymore. In fact, that person becomes a source of pride. You love the person because they helped you. So I have a theory that that's why America is such a good friend to Israel. Now, if America will go down the path, the, this uh, progressive path, and they will lose their moral compass, God. then that will go hand in hand with hating Israel. Because the second they deviate from the Torah, their love for Am Israel will also go away. That seems to be that's my theory on on the the philosophical and, and, and psychological this underpinnings. Is, this is the force that today is the negative force in the United States of America. Yeah, the, it's this. the anti-Torah force, exactly. right? Totally. It's the force that's trying to undo. Yes. Oh, that's why well, the rules and regulations. You, you try to understand you can do whatever you want. You try to understand. Here's an interesting question for you: What is the relationship between being pro, you know, like sexual liberty, which is one part of the I mean, things that amongst the progressive, and being and being anti-Israel? Why is it that the vast majority of the people who are in that camp of the pro-sexual liberty, why are they so anti-Israel? Why do they support Palestinians? Which also doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Right? It doesn't make any sense. They support because the people that are against them, not, but they're not supporting the people that are against them. They were chanting, F the Jews, F the police. What does it have to do with the Jew? What does it have to do with the police? So the theory is... It's just an agenda. And they passed the legislation. So my theory that the relationship is that deep down in the psychology and like the heart of man, they say... They know that the Jewish people represent the people that brought these, the morals of sexual, of sexual control to the world. And the people that are giving in and they do not want to deal with the guilt of all of this, moral, this proper moral behavior, that ideology, they will lead, people, they will lead the people or they will lead on a, in a collective way for those people to hate, to hate the moral ones. Because yes, the no same more. reason Cain hated Hevel again. Yes, no but more. it's remarkable. Like, why, Nothing has changed. Why, why do you have to say Nothing has changed right? from, from yeah. 5,000 years ago. Even the new ones, they don't even know why they're doing it. But it comes from somebody... It, com- it, com- it comes in hand. It looks like it seems like every time... Exactly. Like it. it's, that's why people don't... Th- so, so whenever you see things like that that are seemingly un- unrelated but then you see that they're consistently happening, you have to try to probe deeper and deeper and deeper until you see the underlying psychology. And I think, deep down, in a collective way, the ideology, the anti-Torah ideology that goes against all the morals of the Torah, all the sexual morals of the Torah, all the civil morals of the Torah, that ideology will end up hating the Jews because if they're going against it, they're going to need to put the Jews down in order to justify what they're doing. Okay, that was a. Uh, okay. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, amen.